about three or four years ago, I found myself completely shaken to the core. I was trying everything I could, do what was right in the eyes of God, even trying to go to school to go into ministry full time, but God wasn't making a way for me. And I found myself shattered, shaken, broken, feeling hopeless and lost, completely shaken. I think that's how our world is feeling today. I think that's how many of us are feeling, shaken. As we have experienced a new year, but our problems feel the same. We are feeling shaken as we've lost loved ones, as we have faced so much division and adversity, we've lost jobs and lost so many things we have held on to to make us feel secure and safe. We are feeling shaken, so pray with me. God, you are so good. You are our King and our Lord, we worship you. We ask in this time, God, that you would speak, that it would be you and not us. We wanna be faithful to your word. We wanna be obedient to your word. So God, we give this time to you and we worship you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The letter of Hebrews, it is a letter, is to a Jewish Christian community that was in deep, deep trouble. And the author of this letter was writing to them using things that they valued highly, that they valued above all else, to tell them and show them that Jesus is better, that Jesus is greater, that Jesus is. And he was getting across to them this point, that all of the God-given religion, the do's and the don'ts, could not save them. Only Jesus could save them. As we look to Hebrews 12, 28, it says, therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Well, what is this unshakable kingdom that this letter is talking about? It is the rule and the reign of King Jesus. That is the unshakable kingdom. And there's a then and a now component to this. The then component, what will be, is that Christ is returning. You see, scriptures teach us that God came down in the form of man, a baby, fully God and fully man, to a virgin, Mary, and that he grew up and he lived a perfect life and died on a cross for you and for me, for our wrongs, so that we could have a relationship with God. And then, he did not stay dead, but he rose again. He rose again and then ascended to the right hand, God the Father. And the scriptures also teach us that he is returning. And when he returns, chapter 12 tells us he will shake the heavens and the earth. And from my reading and, and what I've studied, scholars say this means that King Jesus will come and he will remove everything that is not of his kingdom, that he will shake it all away, everything. That means all of the government, all the authorities of this earth, everything that we are thinking about, maybe in the back of our minds right now, the bills we have to pay, the things we have to do this week, everything 
will be passed away, removed, shaken, and all that will remain is what of, is of Jesus' kingdom. That is the then component. Well, the now component is this, that we, you and I, are invited into this unshakable kingdom now through Jesus Christ. We're invited to have his rule and his reign in us in this very moment. Colossians 1, 13 through 14 says this very, very well. It says this, for he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You see, when you believe in Jesus, he shakes you. And he shakes you out of the darkness into his kingdom of light, Jesus rule and reign. Another verse that really brings light to this is Philippians 3.20 and it says, but our citizenship, and this is speaking of those who receive Christ, right? Our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is talking about that returning of Christ, right? Those who, the now component is to receive the unshakable kingdom. The then component is that one day we know he's returning and we're waiting for him. And this is powerful because we know that if you believe in Jesus and the story that I told you, the scriptures reveal the truth that Christ did come, that he did die, for the sins of the world and that whoever believes in him will not perish, ever have everlasting life, then you have unshakable in you. You have the unshakable kingdom. Hebrews 12, 28 continued, says this, and thus let us offer God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. What is acceptable worship? Is it, we, we pass around and, and ask an offering of worship, right? Where we give financially to support the things that God is doing in the ministry. Is it that, is it giving of your time and your talents like we mentioned, serving in the different groups or is it opening your Bible every day or is it praying without ceasing or is it going into ministry full time? Actually, it's, it's none of that. That's not what the scripture is talking about at all. Those are great things. Those are things that God calls us to, that's true. But the acceptable worship, the reality of this statement is that everything that we do and everything that we have to offer God is unworthy of him. The reality is, is that we cannot offer God acceptable worship in of ourselves. We've got nothing. To offer him, he is holy and perfect and good and we, everything we do is stained by the sin, by evil intentions, by the evil in our hearts. The next verse brings light to this, it speaks to this, it says in verse 29, for our God is a consuming fire. When you hear this and the audience, the intention of this was for those who this letter was written to it would have brought to mind a very important mountain. Like I said, this is written to a Jewish Christian community. An important mountain, and that mountain was Mount Sinai. 
I encourage you to go, and if you don't know the Exodus story, read it, it is profound, it is beautiful, it is of God's plan for us and for his people. It reveals his ways. But again, this is a, as Logan would put it, a hyperlink, right? Back to Mount Sinai, a very important mountain. And what you need to know about this mountain, the reason it was important was that God literally showed up. His presence showed up on this mountain and he gave his law and his presence was so holy, so powerful, that the mountain was scorched ablaze with fire. That's this consuming fire that the scripture is calling back to. This overwhelming, holy, perfect God. In fact, they had to make rules back then in that story so that no one, not even animals, would touch that mountain because if they were exposed to the holiness that our God has, they would surely die. For God is perfect and holy, he is light. And darkness is destroyed by light, cannot be in the same place. And so, this speaks truth into what I'm talking about, about an acceptable worship or service that we can't offer in of ourselves because we stand before a most holy God. And this ties into the story that I begun with. See, I found myself steeped in depression and anxiety, trying to do, like I said, everything, offer all the worship and the service I could to God, and I realized in that moment when I was broken and I felt helpless, that it was because I was trying to make myself acceptable to God. I grew up in church, I, I knew all the do's and the don'ts, but in that moment I realized it was God's mercy and his grace that was helping me not go forward without realizing the most important thing and that is the only acceptable service or worship is faith in Jesus Christ. That's all we can offer God. That is the only acceptable worship. And like I spoke about that consuming fire, this most holy God, the author had this beautiful intention here. You see, he mentions earlier in chapter 12, and he's been talking about this all throughout Hebrews, you can't be acceptable without Jesus. And so this consuming fire is no longer in this, this verse about the death that would surely come because of the holiness of God and, and because of our sinfulness, our evil, but because of the new way we can have a relationship with God, not a relationship where we are doomed, but a relationship where we are redeemed. Not a consuming fire that meant destruction, but a consuming fire that was a refining fire. And so, this refining fire is, is really well captured in Malachi 3, two through three. It says this, but who can endure the day of his coming? This is talking about Jesus. Who can stand when he appears, for he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who bring offerings in righteousness. Only in Jesus can we offer acceptable worship. I have a question 
for you. When Christ returns, because he is going to return, and the end shaking happens where he removes all things that are not of his kingdom, and he'll shake you and me, it's the truth. What will remain in you? What will remain in you? What will be left of this life that you've lived? What will remain in your hearts, in your minds, in your souls? Because the truth is that all that will remain will be of our King Jesus, amen? When we leave this place, you and I, the things of this world are going to shake us. We're gonna return to our problems in our lives, and we're gonna feel the weight and pain of life. It's real, it's real. We're gonna feel shaken, true. When we leave this place, we need to remember these three things. There is an unshakable hope in Jesus. Maybe you are feeling shaken right now because you don't know the unshakable King Jesus. Maybe that's why. Maybe even God right now is shaking you to show you that you don't know Jesus. Maybe the things that you're going through are God trying to get your attention so that you know who is your hope. Because oftentimes we put so much of our value, our security, our hope, and the things of this earth instead of the unshakable kingdom of God. We need to remember, secondly, the unshakable word. We need to declare his promises. You see, this week I've felt pretty shaken. A pretty nervous saying to come in front of all y'all people <laughs> and talk. <laughs> But not just that, I gotta be honest, I was thinking of Logan and Doug and all the men in our church who serve in high capacity in ministry. Man, Satan was on attack, that's the truth. Scriptures tell us that we don't fight a battle of flesh and blood, we're fighting a spiritual battle. Everything is a spiritual battle and I felt that this week and I thought of them, I thank God for them. You have prayed, pray for them every day, every week. Because they go through so much that we don't see. That's the truth. But like I said, sorry, getting back to my point. Um, I felt pretty shook up this week and shaken. And in those moments, instead of breaking down and letting the fear and the anxiousness take over, I found myself declaring the promises of God and asking myself this question. Do I believe that God will bring about his will in my life if I trust him? Do I believe it? Because I say I do, but in those moments when I'm feeling anxious and weak and I can't see the other side, do I trust him? So practice that. Believe, turn to the unshakable word, the word of God, the promises that he has given those who believe in him and his son and declare them over your shakenness. The third thing is this, the unshakable faith. 
it is not about you. Can you turn to the person beside you and say, it's not about me? This phrase has been very profound for me. I say it to me all the time. I say it to myself. So if you catch me muttering under my breath and I seem nervous, it's probably what I'm saying to myself. I've said it to myself now several times while I'm up here. It's not about me and it's not about you. If you can get that through your head, you're gonna be way better place because the reality is this, all this self-help, as we have learned, does nothing. We can't help ourselves. <laughs> We're helpless, <laughs> right? But it's, it's our Savior that helps us and saves us. It's not even, this, I've heard Logan say this, and I love this, I know, sorry, Logan, I don't wanna refer to you a bunch too much, even though I really like you. <laughs> it's not the size of your faith that saves you. It's the size of your God and your Savior. And so when you're feeling broken down and completely helpless, remember, just believe. Believe in Jesus, that he is who he says he is in his word, that he has come to save you, and that he will return and make everything right. So I was sitting in my office this morning, the final thing I wanna say to you, because I felt like it was what God told me to say. You know, I'm sitting there praying, and God's like, that's enough. You can't work on this anymore. You're gonna stress yourself out. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, God, I got you. You know, I know, you're right, it's you, all right. So I open my Bible, and lo and behold, this verse that's highlighted just, man, it, God is amazing in this way. He always does these winsome, simple, but thoughtful things. And he pulled me to this verse in Psalm 16. It says this, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. When you leave this place, set the Lord continually before you. Remember, he is unshakable. Let's pray. God, our world's feeling shaken and we in our faith so often feel shaken. We are weak, God, but you are strong. I pray, Lord, remind us, remind us who you are, who Jesus is. Teach us of your ways and lead us and guide us for your name's sake, for you are holy, perfect, and good. And you love us, God. We worship you. Pray in this time, be with us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.